0: Tim and Tom. Tim. Tom. Tim and Tom.
1: Tim and, Tom. Tim and 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 Tom. Tom. Yeah. And the beat goes hot. boom 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 boom. A man's not hot. <laughs> ah, keep playing that music in the background
2: you want you, 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 want, you want to be boom, 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 boom. <laughs> i yeah i don't know i don't know what that is
1: well if you paid attention to the cool trends in the world tim mm. you would know that's big shack that i was recreating there shaquille big Shaq O'Neal? uh no well shaquille o'neal got played by big shack and it's a uh, fun little internet comedian guy who became famous because people were like, What is this? Is this rap? And they didn't realize that he was a comedian making fun of rap music, so everyone kind of fell for him trolling them. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's like, Man's not hot. So I, for those of you uh, that don't know, look it up. Big Shaq. Man's not hot. I don't, know <laughs> that,
2: <laughs> I don't know that I got time to be looking around on the inner tubes at, at funny ha ha guys, Tom.
1: Really? Tim? <laughs> Really, yeah. Tim? Should we, Maybe should we do a segment where we check your Facebook?
2: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, our Facebook—I'm making sure that is plenty populated with fun stuff. Oh. But I haven't seen strange. this guy. Haven't seen this guy. I don't know what you're talking about. Hmm.
1: Yeah, Interesting how are you Tim
2: I'm good man I'm in a good mood We've got the Royal Chief coming up later uh, In our next segment local rap artist His album Homecoming available now On SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify And his website theroyalchief.com That one should be fun Uh,
1: Definitely and we're going to be playing some of his music uh, Towards Mm -hmm. the end of the episode Mm -hmm. So after we talk to him uh, Mm -hmm. Make sure to uh, I might
2: even play it in this segment I might even do it on the way out of this one If you're lucky if you're right. good, if you're good listeners, uh, to the podcast that we're recording before you hear this, uh, if you're good, I will play it at, at the end of the segment. So, uh, how, man, I'm doing
1: well. How are you, Tom? How was your week? It was eventful. So first things first, I started physical therapy as I give you my weekend week out update on shoulder yeah. surgery, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I started physical therapy and Ah, this is when the hard stuff comes. Yeah. A lot of band exercises, like you're doing some stuff with the band. No, not yet. I haven't even got that far. Uh, The most that I've done besides them manipulating my arm, seeing how much I can withstand, you know, like, Uh can you move your arm out this way? Can you move it up this way? Can you move it out this way? That kind of stuff. Uh, The most that I've done so far is I put my hand on a wall with a, like... Uh, towel or sure. bedsheet, something like that, underneath my hand and between the wall and my hand, and I try to slide it up as Ugh, high as possible. Yeah, and that yeah. sucks. I'm I get sure. nauseous every single time.
2: Nauseous.
1: Yeah, it makes me want to puke every Ew. single time. I get like it feels like everything's about to break, and Ugh. I just get like, oh god. But then I treat it as like because I like to compete, right? So I enjoy competing against you. I get enjoy competing against my girlfriend, my son, dog. I don't care. Just, yeah, your son. I don't care. I'll I'll compete against myself. And so what I've been doing is, uh, I do three sets of 15 reps, right? So you go up, down, up, down, right. You know? Uh Uh And so I set a mark for the first three or for the first 15 and I say, okay, that's my first mark. And then the second time I try to get higher than that. And the third time I try to get higher than that. And so that's what's been helping my progress, but man, it is slow moving yeah. because right now, like I'm barely getting above my waistline.
2: Okay. Like man. so I'm sticking it
1: out. And I can't extend my arm all the way. Like so, so my arm bends.
2: hmm So you're not uh an athlete. Um uh, no. <laughs> and by that I mean you're not like you're not on the Chiefs, right? You're not you're yeah, not, I'm not a professional you're, athlete. Right, man. you're right. You're not even you're not playing college ball or something right now so you, when guys get an injury uh, in or gals uh in in that realm they give a time frame ah they'll be back in six weeks eight weeks two months do you get the same thing in a thing like this do they tell you how yeah, long recovery six takes
1: months. Okay. six Oof. months is when I should be all the way back oh, two man. months two months and then i'm like lifting two pound weights and things like that but and you'll
2: have normal daily routine use of your shoulder at that point
1: yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, me and you if we go to lunch i'm not having to wear a sling at two months or anything Mm. like that like i actually get my sling off in two weeks yeah
2: Man. Jeez, man. And you don't have to be too descriptive, but how's dressing yourself in a situation like that?
1: Well, now I've finally been able to. So before I, I wasn't able to dress myself, what I was doing when I was staying with my parents is I would take a shower. They would put my underwear by the toilet where it was like, I can just step into it and then sit on the toilet seat and then push that up Jeez. and I have underwear. So I'm not Ugh. having someone like dress me naked. right? You right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. But from there, I put on my underwear and my pants, right? So they they put the underwear there. I put that, and then I set the pants the same way. I pull the pants up with one arm, do like that. And then I can only wear the only things I've been wearing for however long I've had this surgery four weeks or so, three weeks, Notice this. Yeah. Slip on shoes, Uh uh, sweatpants, and button up shirts.
2: Button up shirts. Yeah. Notice that. Like the short sleeve, even button up shirts.
1: Well, I just have a lot of short sleeves. Oh, okay.
2: I gotcha. All right
1: it's it's kind of warm in my work so that's why I, I could wear long sleeve but eh, it's no sure, big deal sure sure but so I get the underwear and my pants up by myself that's I've done that since day 1 right but when I was living with my parents what we would do is the night before I uh, would go to work put on the underwear and the pants and then I would take my sling off, and just hold my arm steady. They would slide the shirt on that way, and then I could put it on my left side. Gosh. They would have to button up the top four, and then I could button up the rest, like going down. And then I would put the sling back on, and then I would sleep in my clothes, so that then in the morning, I could just slide on my shoes, they'd put on my socks, and i go to work.
2: Well, and, yeah, and you don't got to worry about getting dressed into any kind of pajamas right. or sleeping clothes or anything like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So. Now I'm able to dress myself. Now I can do everything by myself, except for I can't put my sling on because I have to wrap it around, you know, the back yep. in this way, and I can't reach behind me, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I do is, I take a shower in the morning, I dress myself, and then uh, Emily gets up, and then she puts on my sling for me, and then my coat, and then I go to work. So Gosh. that's what I've been doing as far as dressing. Man, Tom. Oh, and then sl- I've now got up to three hours at a time. So that's getting pretty good. Like I'll go to bed at midnight or I'll try to go to bed at 10. Okay. And then I'm wrestling around. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get comfortable. It's usually 1130 is when I start to notice. I don't Mm -hmm. see the clock after that. Trying to ignore all my Facebook
2: messenger stuff that I send you late at night.
1: Well, I have a do not disturb. So I don't look (laughs) at my phone. I I just have a clock. So, um, Yeah, I uh, so I go to re- bed around that time, and then I'll wake up around two thirty, then I'll take my medication. That gives me another three hours. So then we're looking at like five, and then I try to like on and off sleep till six forty five, and then I wake up. So that's how I sleep now. Man, that's a lot, Tom. Yep, that to is. So with... physical therapy Good. is uh, started off, and they said my mobility outwards. So like if I put my hand next to my side and then I just bring it out parallel to my shoulder is good. But the motion of like bringing my fists from my sternum to, uh, parallel is really bad. So that's what we got to work on a lot. So I got to do that. So that was physical therapy. Gosh. All right. Well, but yeah, I enjoyed Oh, you're not a fan of the sport, which I still don't get, but you're not a fan of the sport. But UFC 217 happened, and it was The sport of UFC? No. God. Really, man? Really? Is that what we're saying? You want to grab a football and do NFL? Is that what we're saying? You want to grab a basketball and do NBA?
2: (laughs) Well, you said, I'm not a fan of the sport, and then you went into UFC. Because
1: I was saying UFC 217. Clarifying? No. You cut me off. (laughs) Because <laughs> uh, I, if I were to say the NFL playoff games, you'd be like NFL. That's that's the sport. That's my Anyhow. favorite sport. What?
2: My favorite sport, NFL. Yeah. <laughs> people
1: say that, not that football is their favorite sport, right. but when they talk dumb like that. Uh, but UFC 217 in a sport that's oversaturated with events every single weekend, this one was a home run. And I'm going to tell you guys, for the non MMA fan or non sports fan, how amazing the main event was. First off. There was three title fights, and all three titles changed hands. That was the first time it's ever happened in the promotion's history. The promotion started in 1993. That's to tell you how long this has taken to do it. Now, they didn't have champions at the beginning of 93, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. So all three championships changed hands. That is phenomenal right there in just that context. But here you go. The main event was George St. Pierre coming back off of a four-year layoff He was the reigning champion at 170 pounds. He left the sport, took four years off, came back, moved up in weight class to 185 pounds and took on the current champion in Madison Square Garden and won. That's incredible. Beat him up. He beat him up. Now, Michael Bisping is good. Michael Bisbing is really good. Michael Bisbing beat Anderson Silva, which is questionable in my opinion, but the record book shows what it does. He also beat Luke Rockholt, who's an amazing fighter, knocked him out. And this guy, George Rush St. Pierre, the welterweight 170-pound champion for years upon years, comes back after the longest layoff in his career and dominates and looks great against the current champion. That is incredible.
2: I'm sure it is.
1: Incredible! <laughs> that's like Jordan coming back three years ago and putting up 50 points against LeBron. Yeah, yeah, uh,
2: that would be, that be impressive. Be
1: that would let's be say, impressive. Let, let's say Jordan comes back and puts up 50 against Kyrie Irving.
2: Yeah, that's
1: that'd be impressive too. Exactly. Yes. But this is a fight, and it's real man stuff, and that's what he did,
2: as opposed to fake man stuff. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like golf. That's (laughs) wait, fake man. Only fake men golf. I mean, golf is great, but it's not a sport, right? I mean, it's a sport. No, it's not. Yeah. No.
2: Yeah, no. You you try to you try to narrow the definition of sport into there must be a direct uh, interference style defense. Where, exactly. where you because interfere not, competition. with the other competitor
1: but it's not that's just a competition
2: yeah now, you see i i don't think that's the definition of a sport
1: well i don't care what the webster's dictionary is well see there's other things that have changed through time because as one sure. really oh, smart man said yeah. language is fluid and it's always changing yes right so sport has changed i don't and, know about that i don't know about that oh what now that's the parameter
2: uh, well, no, I just I, there's many things that people consider sport that is not direct, like direct interference of one competitor on another. Like there's not a direct defense like that in some sports.
1: Golf isn't a sport. Golf is <laughs> an extremely, extremely difficult competition. I oh, give yeah. props to it. Yeah, I give props to anyone who can hit a golf ball because I cannot. I can't putt. I find that if you like that congratulations it's awesome i've been trying to get into it i respect it full heartedly but it is not a sport
2: all right there's tom's
1: not a sport if you watched it you know how excited i am about it because you were probably that excited as well uh if you don't know anything about it and you want to know more about it uh, go to any MMA dot com MMA junkie UFC dot com. Check out the replays. It is well worth your time and money. So great. Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in all. And the greatest card arguably to ever happen. And it was so good. I ordered it and I watched it at home. It was the first time I ordered a UFC pay-per-view since UFC 64. And this is UFC 217. So that should tell you something of how excited I was yeah. about the card going into it. Nice. All right, so what else, man? Anything else? Well, I was going to talk to you about this. So, Sunday night, I just tweeted out on my Twitter account, at TMAC underscore 816, if you'd like to follow me, feel free. Uh Uh Um, I just tweeted out a picture. I was watching uh, the WWE Network, because I'm a pro wrestling fan, as are you, and, um, I was watching a Ric Flair promo where Paul Heyman was the interviewer. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, this is how I'm ending my Sunday night. So I just took the picture, said, ending my Sunday night, watching a great Ric Flair promo with, you know, featuring Paul Heyman. Well, Paul Heyman retweeted it. Yeah. And Have you ever got anything retweeted before? Um, I don't
2: think so. Really? Light, like, like anything on like that. that? Yeah. No, I don't No, Nothing that comes to mind like that. No.
1: I have and I've actually had it happen many of times. Yeah. I had stone Cold Steve Austin respond to me yeah. when I asked him how he felt about Boulevard beer. Uh, one time I asked my favorite fighter, uh, Rich Franklin, uh, if the news of a upcoming fight was correct and he said yes, you know things like that. But it's weird where it's like to them it's nothing, right? So they are just saying like oh, thanks guy. Here's a retweet. Right? right. Right. But to me, it's like, I get this drug in this, like, I don't know, this weird euphoric high where I'm like, yeah, check that out. He saw me, which is like, he's just a person like me. Right. Yeah. But it's weird because even though it's happened to me many of times before, Every time it happens, I get giddy, and I like—I took a screenshot, and I think I sent it to you and Anthony, and uh, I showed my girlfriend, and all this stuff. And it's so weird. And on top of that, I'm just a schmuck in Kansas City, right? Like,
2: right.
1: I'm no different than any other lazy guy on a Sunday night. However, 121 people retweeted what I read, what I tweeted, including Paul Heyman, and I had 373 likes. Yeah. People don't know me.
2: Yeah, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like I you don't know if I'm a good person or not or anything, no. but we live in this weird social dynamic where I don't know, it's fascinating. Do you like Twitter? What do you of all the social media platforms, which one do you like? Okay, this is my go to. Right now. I know you can go in through phases, but like right now. Uh I had
2: been on Instagram a lot just to try to you know, we were trying to kick Instagram up for our show. Uh, but Facebook is probably like, if it's just me, I'm going on to one of my accounts. Facebook's kind of the go-to and then, you know, then I'll check like the Instagram and Twitter, uh, Twitter. Yeah. I, kinda, I used to be on it quite a bit. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's so with the new 280 characters, maybe it's a little more in depth. It just felt like I was everybody talking to one-liners and I wouldn't want to hang out and have a conversation of one-liners all, all day. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: I agree with it, but I felt like don't you think that was what the charming quality of Twitter was? Is you had to be creative or clever or witty or sure. concise. Yeah, you right. Know? That was like it too. One yeah. thing that I always hated with some of my Facebook friends from high school or, you know, coworkers in the past, things like that, is they would go on these long drawn out five paragraph thing where it's like, I really care in paragraph one, you're starting to lose, lose me in paragraph two, paragraph three. I'm skimming paragraph four. I skipped together. paragraph five. I saw something that caught my eye. So now I got to go back and read the whole thing. Again,
2: right. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so Twitter was great where it was like, okay, you got right to the point. I'm not having a good day. I'm having the best day of my life. I'm living, you know, the greatest moment in my life right now. Like that kind of stuff was awesome. And so going to 280 characters I don't know but for me I like Instagram the best right a picture as they say paints a thousand where a picture worth yeah right right and yes so yeah I like I like and now you add video to it now you can add like almost a collection of photos so if, for example I think didn't you go on a camping trip or no you were t- checking out your woods and you posted like multiple pictures mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, like that right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, I yep. like it. it's where it's one moment and you can collect it more than just one photo, but photos are the easiest, right? It's pretty great.
2: Yeah. It's a very easy to digest, uh, social media. I do like the Instagram for that. Like if I'm just wanting to kick back, I've got a few minutes in between something and I don't want to get into something hugely political or long, t- very personal, you know, like right. it's a picture.
1: Yeah, hey, it's either a picture of food, a picture of a kid, a picture of a significant other, a picture yeah, of Yeah. That's inherently a beautiful sunset. Something it's like inherently that.
2: happier because people more often than not are taking pictures of happier things rather than you know what I mean. When you're talking yeah. out, there's there's more room for if you're gonna just express some thoughts, well, your thoughts may be pleasant or unpleasant, whatever. You know, pictures are rarely, you know, there's some artfully done. You know, sad pictures and, of course, things like that, but more often than not, the average person is taking a picture of something that made them smile.
1: Exactly. Or what they find an interest in. Yeah. Which- I don't know why I'm going off on so many of these tangents right now, but I get irritated with the people that they get mad at other people for taking pictures of their food as if you can't have an interest in food or appreciation that food is beautiful and tasty. Yeah, like, right. Ugh, what are you, what do you do and take a picture of that and put it on Instagram? It's like, yeah, I enjoy food. This is pretty delicious. I'm going to take a picture of it and share it with other people who enjoy food. Yeah. I, I believe you, sir or ma'am, do this with your kid, and I don't like kids.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah? Right.
1: Like, I don't, you I don't... don't like kids at right. all. What, what I'm saying is, like, you know, I saw there's a Facebook video of a guy that, like, goes around with his friends who – his friends take pictures of their food. But, like, right before they flash the photo because they have a flash on their uh, camera, yeah. he'll, like, throw a spoon in there or, like, ruin the meal – it's like I don't do that to like guys or women with kids and like face palm their child right before they take a picture of them. So like mm-hmm. stop with me if I appreciate food.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I do. I never understood, never ceases to amaze me some of the trivial things that people take on and get angry about.
1: Yeah, it, there's so yeah. many other things to get upset about. Yeah. you know, we have a country that is allowing, toxins to go into the rivers and the mentally ill to purchase guns but no yeah. no no this is the hill that you're going to die on you're right people taking pictures of their F- food it's yep. instagram Way food go,
2: photos
1: yeah, yeah exactly food photos is the death of america like yeah. what are we doing guys
2: i don't know yeah yeah you, you, you know what this brings me to we mentioned something here you don't like kids i don't this brings I don't me to kids when i was a kid This brings me to something that we did this weekend. Uh, We decided to kind of take it a little easy this weekend and kick back and we were going to binge watch a Netflix series. Uh, The children, my children have been begging my wife and I to watch the Stranger Things series, which I don't know if we've discussed it on this show. You and I are not just not fans of science fiction, but deplore it, don't like it. Not don't want to really, you know, like it's just not in my interest wheelhouse at all.
1: Yeah, that's my thing It's I, I try my best because I I try with, you know, each passing year of my life to become a little bit more accepting of like, I don't want to be the guy that hates the food photos. You get what I'm saying? So I'm trying to understand and appreciate other things that may not be like, as you said, in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So with science fiction, I don't like it at all right but that me doesn't mean that you or someone else can't appreciate it just don't try to force that on me because i don't care for right. it stop now, it
2: now that said uh i tried to avoid watching this show i wanted to get out of it uh it's kind of like oh man And I was like, great. And that's fine. You know, if my kids want to watch it, fine. There's some things they want to watch where we sit around if I'm not really interested in it. You know, I can look at stuff on my phone some of the time, you know, you know, you can get through stuff like that. But I thought, man, we're going to binge watch two seasons of this. I don't know, sit, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I can do that for this long, uh, and a couple episodes in, and it was really done well. They really hit a home run with this series. Uh, and, and we can get deeper into it as we go along here, but, um, I, I went to tell you that. I was like, huh, I wonder if Tom's seen any of this. He shares my hatred for <laughs> uh, science fiction, dislike, you know, dislike yeah. for science fiction yeah. and things of that nature. Uh, but this one, I'm talking the writing is really well. The cinematography is really well. The uh, The casting was done well. I, I mean, it was just, I was like, okay, I can, I, I'm not so sour that I can appreciate the best of, of any genre right you know what I mean Like sure I don't like Space movies but I'm sure Star Wars In the day was pretty damn good right like You know what I mean you gotta give the right. devil its due uh, So I was like okay this is good and you said I said hey man this is pretty good And you said I don't know I've heard that But I'll pass I hate Kid actors
1: <laughs> I do I don't like kid actors There's never been a movie with a kid what, Where I've been like got
2: see more of his work <laughs> this is what you said to me. And I completely understand what you're saying. What I will say is one of the kid actors on there, I was just like, this kid is great. He has charisma for days. He, you know what I mean? You can tell he's legit cool. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and some of them not so much, but uh, they don't take up as much as you may think based on when people say the story. But I'm telling you, this is one of the best Series I've seen in a long time, period, notwithstanding even in that genre. Obviously, the best of that genre that I could have seen.
1: Right. And like I said, I've heard amazing things. You are not the only person to tell me this. I, my. Uh, one of my closest friends, Matt, he said the same thing. He'll send me Snapchats of hashtag save someone or free, I don't know who it is, some person. And oh, yeah. Well, I'm not okay. doing
2: any of that. I'll just tell you that right. as a viewing experience, it's an amazingly done for the art form. Uh, if you appreciate the art form of acting, screenwriting, right. you know, all that stuff, it right. is a home run on almost every account.
1: Right. But to my point, there is – here's the thing about the age that we live in is there are channels now with great shows that I've never even heard of the channel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's right. like I could come to you and I could be like, hey, man, have you heard of Left Door, the yeah. show Left Door? And you're like, no. I'm like, oh, it's on Spot-A-Crackle.
2: Right. Yeah. Like, I've
1: never even heard of that either. Yeah. Like that's the world we live in is that – legitimately we have segmented segmented everything off and everyone's trying to get the piece of this pie there's a channel called or there's a streaming service called crackle for god's sakes yeah crackle. I know. that's not I even know. a good name i know it's and on my that has something it's that's got good stuff on it.
2: it yeah i don't know yeah it's apparently got stuff yeah, on it. i think it,
1: yeah. it has uh jerry seinfeld's uh comedians with cars right okay yeah so yeah I just like stranger things cool but nah, no I'm not going
2: to do it. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, unless just, I do. I'm just just for it. just for I mean, I I did not want to watch it, but then I started watching it and I always appreciate It's hard for me to suspend my disbelief on a lot of things. We've talked about this because we're pro wrestling fans, and people get on that for being fake, and we're like, well, you got to suspend some disbelief. Yeah, it's fake, but everything you're watching is fake, right? Everything's fake. So, But I still watch it in that regard. I still watch, and I can't get over almost everything that I watch is fake. So what I really start appreciating is when there is an amazing acting role or somebody nails a scene, right? Or I'm like, man, they ended at the exact right spot, or the writing was great, right? Like, And this, like I'm saying, for the art form of you know uh what we'll call it mini series right this is amazingly done even in the face of it being science fiction with which i cannot stand i don't like it at all i don't like monsters i don't like space stuff i don't like uh fantasy stuff even like uh you know your your harry potters your lord of the rings your all that stuff i don't like it
1: Here's the reason why I don't like it and where I like pro wrestling, and I'm going to ask you a question after I make this point, is um, the reason why I've never enjoyed fantasy, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, in this case, Stranger Things, all of that stuff, is I always try to put myself in the antagonist position, right? So what would I do if I was also that person, right? Yeah, yeah. and. For me, I can't wrap my brain around, "Oh my god, I'm trapped in a corner." And then I fly. It's like, yeah, "Well, no. I don't fly."
2: Right. So, no. I don't know. No, well, it, see, so. and this is a lot more grounded in reality in even it's it's non-reality stuff has a base in an actual science lab. So you go, "Okay, and it's based on a actual scientific theory now." You know, and you go okay you know what i mean like you can kind of go down that realm of theoretically this is possible for the most right. part right you right. get what True. i'm saying oh, yeah. right, and right.
1: with that being said you know i enjoyed undertaker storylines right. and storylines exactly. as well yeah, yeah. but right, right. you get what i'm saying yeah. but you mentioned pro wrestling and another thing that happened uh before this uh recording is uh 30 for 30 put out there rick flair documentary did you watch that
2: i did i i think i've got like maybe 20 minutes left of it i had to stop uh, or something wait a minute
1: did you get to uh him talking about his son
2: i don't think so
1: Oh, that's the.
2: Oh, I okay. saw it when they started talking about Reed, but I don't. I don't recall. Oh, I I had to. The- I missed some portions of it too. I need to rewatch from about the halfway point on, like fully, yeah. to catch everything. Uh, they were that starting to talk the- about Reed when when I was the last thing I remember heavily.
1: Yeah, that yeah. Is, that's is—that's when they're going yeah, oh, to sure. take you down some deep yeah. and dark roads. That was some yeah. hard yeah. stuff. And he says some very revealing things.
2: You know what uh, I noticed about that thing, though, is they talk about his plane crash. And they talk about it. They talk, you know, he smashed three vertebrae together and he was, you know, he's out and broken back uh, later on. As a passing thought, that you're watching a match that he's in, and Jim Ross is calling the match. I think it's Jim Ross, and they mentioned that it took him six years to come back from that. I was like, wait a minute, why didn't they address that in his? No, in it his, didn't
1: take six years. No, so that I mean, was that JR. Was,
2: that was Jim Ross playing it up.
1: Yeah, I think that was K. That makes more know, sense. We're, yeah, where, uh, you know. Oli and Arn Anderson are brothers. When really they're not related. I think it was one of those things. Okay, that makes more sense. sense. Because I was I was trying to put that
2: together. I was like, that's an insanely long amount of time. No, I
1: think he missed a year. I think he missed a year to a year and a half. Because I remember reading his uh, autobiography, and that's what he said in that. But the point that I wanted to make, besides the ending of that, there you're gonna. Oh yeah. It's gonna pull on your heartstrings. Oh, of course, yeah. But before the pulling of the heartstrings, it's very lighthearted as far as his crazy lifestyle, things like that. He takes a dump on Kansas City a few
2: different times, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. When he was like, yeah, man, you're going to be in Kansas City. I'm going to find something to do. I'm going to sit around there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, man. (laughs) Now, okay, he was in Kansas City in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, going to the wrestling shows, uh, which, okay, down there, that portion of Kansas City, that time, was not exactly the beautiful places that there are now. There wasn't power and light. You know what I mean? He wasn't skipping over to the yeah. plaza. You know what I mean? It's well, a totally I different town. like county.
1: anyone – I feel like what could have been used for that airport uh, vote right before uh, everyone went to the polls is yeah. just to use Ric Flair's um, – line there where he's like, there's nothing to do in Kansas city. We support a new airport. Yeah. We support. New <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? like, yeah.
2: Speaking of that, man, we're getting a new airport. What, are you,
1: uh, yeah. what, what do you? Yeah. I don't get have? it. We, we've talked off air. We're going to try to get someone to kind of dissect mm-hmm. and tell mm-hmm. us uh, a little bit more about the details of what's going to go into this new airport, mm-hmm. things like that. I know that their plan is to break ground, summer of 2018 and then be completed by 2021 i remember Mm -hmm. seeing that right but to me and why i want someone on to explain it to me because i think there's other people that feel the same way i do at least they agreed with me when i brought it up is i just don't get why like well okay what's the need for it because what they're going to do and again, hopefully we get someone on. So I'm kind of speculating here, but from everything that I read, is there's no new tax dollars going in right. to pay for this new airport. Right. Thus, parking's going to be expensive. Yeah. Uh, everything that you oh, buy sure. there, is of course. Be expensive. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And that's going to be the case at any airport that you're going to come across now. So how I've heard it in the interviews and stuff is that yeah, it's extremely convenient. Nobody's doubting it. I, I heard the mayor this morning on an interview actually, and he says. He says, the chief complaint that we got was people were worried that it's super convenient right now, right? And he goes, and that is wholly true. You pull up in a parking lot, you walk in, you get on, you're out, you come out, it's in and out, it's super fast. He goes, it's super convenient. He goes, please take faith that we didn't ask for proposals for the most inconvenient airport they could build, right? Like, we, we've taken a lot of that into account. We really have. It should be easy to get around. The, the problem is... The airlines were complaining. The facilities are outdated. They're old. They they stopped doing a bunch of layovers. They were putting the layovers in St. Louis because people were complaining that there was nothing in the Kansas City airport. So when you're behind that security portion, there is nothing. You you know what it's like. You're sitting in that waiting area that they have glassed off, and there is nothing. There's nothing. And and so where that money, too, is there's economic impact from that. And the airports were saying there's no airport there's no flights out to europe so there's no you get what i'm saying so there's all this connecting the airports were like we're not gonna start basically was just gonna start dwindling there was gonna be less activity there so the airport was going to become next to nothing It's going to start becoming the omaha airport we really didn't have an option in that regard it was outdated old the airports were saying we 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 can't keep funneling this activity here for this old running out of date ineffective airport
1: well then they pay for it if they're the ones that want it, then they pay for it. Yeah. Why well, should, you can you say like, that all you want, like but they the, just won't. But they just but won't. But that's like, no, because that's unfair. Because that's just like the the Kansas City Royals who say, yeah. we want to renovate this sure. stadium, so we're going to make yeah. the taxpayers yeah. do it. Okay. You guys made yeah. all the things that and happened to it, okay.
2: wrong. That's a great soapbox statement. But when they say, okay, cool, we're not paying for it, and they don't, and the airport becomes Omaha, and then the city of, of Kansas City suffers because – things like Amazon, if we're going to try to get them to build their headquarters here, they're not going to do it with a crappy airport in town.
1: I don't know. Then then I disagree with the the whole sentiment then. So then we're just being strong-armed by a, a group of elite.
2: No, it's that if we want the economic activity and the transit capabilities, well, with, our, with our current population,
1: the, we deserve it. It's not a it's not a do you guys deserve this or not? Our population warrants flights as much as we've been doing.
2: <laughs> but if it's ineffective – and also the infrastructure is old and outdated, and it, well, it's not working a, well yeah. with the – yeah, now, I mean
1: outdated things, I completely agree. Right, Obviously, right. we want everything to be safe and up-to-date as possible, right. so I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. But the, there's nothing to do behind-the-glass thing. Well, first well, off, that's, we live in a nation – that stares at their phone so no one's doing anything anyhow and all right second, grandpa if that's your problem you <laughs> deal with it all right
2: it, but it's not i mean that's just not how it works you're talking about mass transit for the city and this is how we get around now and soon we're gonna be talking this with hyperloop stations i mean this is just how things happen it's 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 public transportation essentially i it's odd that it's run by private companies and now we've got this dichotomy where public entities like cities have to work with these private companies to put this thing together but but do
1: you understand but that goes to my point there's no working with now i understand that the thing passed i think 76 percent. so obviously in this case i'm not I'm out of turn for speaking right. in yeah. the specific case for Kansas city, but let's hypothetically say yeah. it's Portland. Yeah. It's Portland not even that there's,
2: says, it, it. it's not even that there's nothing to do. They're not just talking about entertainment. There's not food back there. There's not uh major restroom facilities back there. There's not, you know what I mean? Like it is literally you're staying in this glass room without it. So if somebody has got a five hour layover in Kansas city, that really sucks for them, you know what I mean? And at half the time you go to these things, and half of it's shut down. It's just like, it's just that it's a matter of it's not sufficient enough to be run at the level of city that Kansas City is trying to be, basically.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. I just, I just, I, I completely agree with the outdated things. Anything outdated yeah. needs to be. Fixed. that's right. not any yeah. close thing to what i'm arguing right. but what i'm saying is if the chief argument is we want things to do we'll shut up
2: yeah well no i mean yeah no obviously i mean you got your phone that'll be stuff to do but that's not the chief argument at least from the city people that were trying you know what i mean the people the actual movers and shakers who get yeah. uh you know actual now, stuff with done that
1: all being said and i'm gonna contradict myself mm-hmm. i wanted the new airport because uh, i don't like the airport
2: yeah, I mean, I really I mean it's it, – I do agree that it's super easy to get in and out of, but I mean it's, it's – yeah, it's not a great airport. I mean I'm, I'll give you but that. It's like-
1: I don't like the – and again, I might offend people here, but this is just how I am and how I grew up and my interests and my likes, and this is Tim and Tom, so sorry. But the like stay around for the cow tipping sign that they have there or whatever it is where it's like – uh, they have a cow tipping sign that I oh. always see there. And then like the wizard of Oz
2: yeah.
1: memorabilia that they sell. Like I, that's not my city. Yeah. I don't give a crap about the wizard of Oz, 1923. Yeah. Film no, it's really old. And, it feels old there. everywhere. It, it feels you know to I
2: mean? me like, uh, an old train station that you see seen them. You know what I mean? Like it's just that long corridor we're waiting for the, you know what I mean? Them to come out from behind the curtain, and then we'll all go yeah. home. Like it's just, it, yeah, it, it feels like it's time. And yeah, the the economic aspect of it is that, yeah, they it's I, but the
1: again, private funding issue get, of it. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'd like to yeah. get more about that.
1: Yeah, we're gonna get someone on there. Trust to the listener. I'm talking now. Well, trust us, we are gonna get someone on here to to give us the details. <laughs> but that one thing that kind of, and again, I don't live. In Kansas City, like I live in Kansas City, but my my residency is still independent, you know, so I didn't vote on this. But I just saw the no new tax dollars, which is great because, hey, if you don't want to pay for this, you don't really have to, because if you want to use a train or car or, you know, whatever, you can do that way. But, man, no new tax dollars means parking's probably gonna be twice as much now. Yeah, I'd and- like to get how they
2: how they plan that out. Now, and I know a lot of it's based on, you know, the yeah, the activity there on site and how they'll get to then lease out the space to to restaurants and that kind of stuff. And I get that. Um, but I would like to talk to somebody to see like How has that process worked out? Because this is the first of that kind, if I'm not mistaken. And then what does that mean moving forward? Because in about 10 years, we've got some leases coming up on two professional sports stadiums that are getting pretty old and outdated themselves. So, well, one, you know,
1: yeah, one and the Kansas City Royals have already been looking publicly at yeah. other spots within the city of where to move. So,
2: what does that mean for things like that in the future when Tim and Tom has its 11, 12 year anniversary? Uh, what, what will we be talking about in regards to that? So, uh, man, uh, gosh, what else we got? Airport, new airport. Um, ooh, the Facebook thing. You want to talk about that?
1: Well, yeah, we were talking about Facebook earlier and uh, how, um, you know, it's a social media app used for either telling, you know, your sob story or your celebration of a new job, new child, things like that. Or food, and you know, all of the things. It, it's your kind of one-stop shop, I feel, Facebook is for a snapshot of what your life is. That's yeah. how I've always viewed Facebook. I feel like Twitter is great for uh, – Instant news, right? There's a mass shooting, the Super Bowl game, um, uh, March Madness, uh, you know, f- events. You you go to Twitter for that rapid, right? But Facebook is like a today, my day was this. It's almost like a journal aspect. Mm-hmm. Well, with how technology always grows and is accelerating every single day. Uh, one of the new things that have been happening on Facebook is a aspect called revenge porn. Have you heard of this?
2: I have, yeah.
1: Now, back in when I was in high school, and this makes me feel old because I only graduated in 2004, but this was in the, you know, I saw this, but it was like Polaroid pictures, right? So a girl at a party got drunk and decided to flash the football team or something like that. Someone took a snapshot and then... Now we got a photo that's circulating the school, right? Right. Well, with technology that now goes away, well I mean it still could be there, but now what we're doing is girlfriend, and this could even be at the college level or professional, you know, it could ruin your job, but girlfriend boyfriend sends nude photo because at the time they're in a romantic relationship to their significant other, things go sour, that significant other then posts that on Facebook mm-hmm. right yeah and this is a growing trend. So Facebook is working now on a new tool to prevent the spread of revenge excuse me of revenge porn. but here's the kicker users are gonna have to trust Facebook. So basically Uh-oh. with the help of the uh, this technology company, what they want you to do is to stop the spread of your nude photos, uh, you have to first send a photo nude to Facebook. Now, Facebook <laughs> said uh, it will not post this. It will not store it. It uses it kind of as like a tool, um, recognizer to then identify your body. So like yeah. currently they even do this right now. When you post a photo and you want to tag someone, sometimes it's like, is this Thomas? Is this Tim? You know, things like that. Which
2: is crazy.
1: Right. So what they want to do now with that is if you send them, uh, a nude photo then they can identify if you know your significant other is it just parents, i don't know brother, any... sister post of nude photo of yourself it'll match and then block that image as reported by the user
2: so now is it the from what i was understanding is it's you have to send a photo and right. it can catch if that exact photo is later posted up
1: yeah let me read i'll read an article that i found about this you get what i'm saying like i
2: don't don't think it means any like i can send you a nude photo and then you can tell if any other nude photo of me is up i think it's if if i have some nude photo i can send that to them so they can make sure that exact photo isn't put up by right i'm sorry
1: yeah um, right yeah that's what i'm trying to clarify so So it has to be every photo (laughs) right you know so let's let's use this example for uh purposes of this story yeah um you know, girl gets drunk, boyfriend says, please send nude, right? Mm, right, send And nudes. then girlfriend sends a nude, she wakes up hungover. What did I do? I shouldn't have done that. Well, to combat, if this ever hits online, I'm going to send this now to Facebook. Facebook then secures it, uh, or, or has mm-hmm, it, and it has mm-hmm. it securely, not posted on yep. their site, but in their server. And then if that guy posts that picture... Facebook already has it and then blocks it on behalf of the yeah. girl.
2: Now, what that doesn't help is let's say, okay, let's say I'm a bad guy, right? And you are. I, I make a pornographic, uh, recording with, uh, my wife or my girlfriend or whatever. Right. Um, okay. whatever the case may be.
1: Hopefully it's your wife and your example.
2: Right. And you know, something happens, the relationship sours, uh, I'm going to post some revenge porn. Uh, well, you know wife's sol in that regard right because she could well, never it, send right
1: yeah yeah so but i want to read this to you because i think you're right in the sense of yeah it will block the photo of what i sent and if that photo is then posted but here here's this article that i read from wptv.com. okay it mm-hmm. says Facebook. <clears throat> excuse me Facebook officials say any photos uploaded to the service will be sent securely and the company isn't holding on to the photos themselves. It's just – it's data making a, quote, digital fingerprint that can recognize the photo and block others from posting it. Facebook already uses photo matches and blocks images reported by users but only after they've been uploaded to the site. This new feature is supposed to be preventative rather than reactionary. So right. that's the aspect where they say it's supposed to be preventative rather than reactionary. Maybe they're going to work on more yeah. technology that then it identifies well, your entire body.
2: Well, and I like the, oh uh, um, yeah, is that a way for them to work on this technology? And so this gets into the deeper thing we want to talk about so that very same article that you're referencing there also mentioned that well yeah everybody's going oh i get what you're saying facebook but i've got to send nude photos to you and people are going to look at them you know it's not even a bot here that's doing this people have to receive them to make this digital print uh Mm -hmm. and that sounds you know kind of sketch well uh what this article highlights is uh Boy, you're giving Facebook so much more information than you. (laughs) You're apparently aware then because that's the least of your worries. They know so much about you already that it would probably, you'd be like, oh, well, you might as well have every nude picture of me ever because you already know everything about me. Uh, And it uh, references that more often than not, people when polled don't even trust that Facebook is doing the right thing with their stuff. So, I mean, yeah.
1: I think my biggest worry with this isn't necessarily that people will be looking at it. It's not an algorithm or a bot. It's actually a person seeing this. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, look at Yahoo and I'm not trying to say Yahoo is Facebook, but I'm saying Facebook could eventually become Yahoo, Mm -hmm. but look at Yahoo and all of the email accounts that were hacked in that way. And then, uh, the Equifax, that whole debacle with all of those Equifax. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, Facebook, you're not immune to this. So if I'm sending you a photo, I'm kind of doing it as a preventative measure. But let's say that relationship doesn't go sour and we become married and, you know, live a happy life. But someone hacks my account and they post that photo because they're a hacker, right? Mm-hmm, so now right. I've just sent Facebook a photo that then a hacker then takes and posts a picture of my penis or my butthole or whatever it is that I'm mm-hmm. sending to people. And now I didn't even have to do that in the first place, but I did Ugh. because I trusted them and they got hacked. That's the part that scares me.
2: Yeah. Hashtag Tom's butthole. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Um, yeah.
1: I, man. Well, I don't here's, know. here's the bigger. I mean, I don't know if we want to go down this rabbit hole in the first segment because we still have the Royal Chiefs. Yeah. We've got segment. Yeah. We're getting
2: pretty deep. So, but we can Any hit it. We
1: can hit, it. we can but, hit it. We can hit it. This is our show. This is right. Tim and Tom. Well, what I wanted to say is.
2: Hey, you know, I told the listeners if they're good, I will play the Royal Chiefs music, so they're going to
1: listen to what you have to say. That's true, right? But I guess my bigger point is, you know, I've started to see almost a resistance in—I uh, don't want to say the the elite, but people that I admire—where they're starting to wean off of the social media because they're starting to see the 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 detriment that it does. Like even Sean Parker, Facebook's first. Uh, I believe president and the founder of Napster says that Facebook is dangerous and it's making people act in certain ways that are harmful to them and others. So I don't know if we're going to hopefully see a pendulum swing the other way to where, you know, we don't need to be on Facebook 24/7. We don't need to be on Instagram. We don't need to be on Twitter. Those can be used as tools for fun, but not necessarily these algorithms of advertisement and things like that. Like, I would hope it seems like if we're having to do preventative measures for revenge porn, what's next if these things are going to be given?
2: Yeah, I would hope as some especially, you know, as time rolls on, generations go up that maybe that stuff will there will be less novelty to it. Right. The ability to post everything and make everything about you and everything like some kids are going to grow up where that's just the norm. And that's going to be like, yeah, okay, not cool. Everybody's doing that. You know what I mean? So like maybe. You know, maybe some of that stuff just naturally over time. You know, everything, everything that goes up must come down. But yeah, man, right now it's just so everything is plugged in. I, I had a, you know, when I was going to school at UMKC here not too long ago, uh, one of the heads of the uh, a top advertising agency around here said, with things like that, with advertising the way it is, he says I, we don't want to tell you that you need to buy shampoo on Thursday. But we can tell you that you'll need to buy shampoo on Thursday. Like, I mean, yeah, we know everything about you. We know everything, everything. And now they want you to put these things, all the Google Home, the Alexa, whatever it is, the, the Amazon thing, that mm-hmm. is strictly so they can listen to you at all times and sell any of that that they find useful for advertising purposes. That is exactly what those devices are for. Nothing else. That is right. what it's for.
1: Right. It, to to my point, because one thing that I've always disliked is people were like, "Get out of my home, man!" Because I always think like, "Why do you say that?" Because it must be something that you're hiding, right? I have nothing to hide. What you're gonna see if you had Alexa in my house is uh, a lot of pro wrestling, um, Mind Hunter right now that I'm watching yeah. on Netflix, and some sporting events, and maybe PBS. Like that's yeah. about it. Yeah. And so go ahead, be in my home. But my thing is like, I feel. That we're getting to a point where, for example, this story where we're having to do things preventative preventatively on social media apps that social media then is replacing real life. Right. So it's like you you shouldn't have to do that. Right. Like it shouldn't be a thing, but it feels like our life is being driven towards computer screens and not trees and fruits where trees and fruits give you life. (laughs) A computer screen just occupies brainwaves that just make you numb and mindless. You know what I'm saying?
2: I do know what you're saying. Well, let's end this on a little bit of a lighter note before we talk to the Royal Chief in the next segment. Uh, Let's talk some local news. Tom, are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, We have a a police department that works very hard here in town. Um, uh, Obviously uh, is a a tense setting when the police are involved in anything, right? So some people have great experiences with police. Some have not so great experiences with the police and then the police have great experiences with the citizens and then not so great experiences with the citizens right it's a two-way mm-hmm. street here uh well typically uh when you have a suspect or or somebody in that you need to question about a crime that happened with the police they'll sit these uh suspects down or citizens and do a little interview right a little questioning right need to ask you if you know anything, right a little interrogation. uh yeah interrogation it uh, depends on what the the case may be, right? Well, here's a headline from the Kansas City Star this week It says, uh, "Kansas City detective ends interview after suspect answers question with quote loud fart end quote." So, uh, I mean, go ahead and put this guy's next beer on my tab, and then <laughs> I just I think I would have paid to witness this encounter, right? Real mature, Mr. Sykes. Now, answer the question, where were you on the you night know of... I mean?
1: like, yeah, because almost, depending on the cop's demeanor, I wonder if he took this as disrespectful or, like, ballsy, whereas, like, real, Right. You yeah. Went to
2: that like, yeah, this doesn't explain... It. So it says, his flatulence stopped once, uh, or one police interrogation, but not a continuing investigation that has resulted in a 24-year-old Kansas City man facing federal gun and drug charges. Uh... I'll save his name. You can read it online if you want. He's charged in U.S. District Court possession with intent to sell cocaine and being a felon in possession of three firearms, two of which were reported stolen. Ah, uh, it says uh, where? Where is it here? I can't even remember what was going on, but basically, he was just he had gas the whole time while they're doing this interrogation, and so they're asking him. And He's then, nervous, and then you know, I mean, uh, I, I I envision it right. I envision the cliche tv good cop bad cop right and he's sitting there and they're like all right mr sykes did you rob the baked bean factory and then just right (laughs) and then he's just laughing and they're like god damn it (laughs) like
0: ah he won't he won't break chief i don't know what to
2: do (laughs) you know what i mean oh that's fun good on you i guess i mean you know We'll I mean, if you know, if you, you, you know, you,
1: you chose that path, right? yeah, if you know, take your look 40 feet, see what right. happens, Steph Curry. You know? Have you
2: ever heard the, uh, if you're out late, don't take the 1230, butt whooping, take the 2am, butt whooping, if you know, you're going up the Creek for uh, possession of firearms that are stolen when you're a felon and drug charges, uh, why not answer your questions with a fart? I mean, why not? Why right. not? What else are you going to do, right? I mean, you ain't got your Facebook, so you got to entertain yourself. So, all right, Tom, we're going to come back here uh, in a little bit, man. We're going to talk to the Royal Chief, talk about uh, some local rap scene, yeah? Yeah,
1: let's do it. I'm excited about this. All
2: right, that's when we return right here to Tim and Tom, uh, which is on TimAndTomKC.com.
1: Fun fact, if you invite Mickey and Minnie Mouse to your wedding, they'll respond to the invitation with a personalized Disney postcard and a just married pin
3: everything
0: Tim and Tom Tim Tom, Tim, and Tom. Tim and Tom. Tim and Tom. Tim and Tom. Tim and Tom.
2: I am excited for this one, uh, Tom. Uh, you spent many years as a battle rapper. That's correct, right?
1: Yeah, I'm a retired battle rapper, uh, <laughs> as uh, fans of our other podcast, Spanish and stable uh-huh. know. Uh, I have retired, dropped the mic, uh, now I just observe from the sidelines, and uh, because of that... Uh, I'm trying to look out for all the uh, new artists and uh, mm-hmm. talent here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and we got one with us in this segment right now. Uh,
2: I'm still waiting for some evidence of this career, this storied <laughs> career that you had.
1: Hey, man. It uh, you know?
2: must have been before YouTube was out, I yeah, guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. It was like on the grind time. I was T Mac daddy. You know,
2: uh-huh.
1: it's, it's all in the past, but well, they didn't you know? they didn't DVD everything back then.
2: You know? Yeah, the DVD thing. Did they DVD things <laughs> back then? All right. <laughs> All right, no, but serious. We've got uh, one of our things, and, and we go to look out around Kansas City. We want to talk to the people, places, things, events going on. Uh, is you think local music? And Kansas City, I, I felt like, you know, there's been some focus recently I've seen around on local music. Um, but uh, so we kind of wanted to, to branch out, start talking to some folks, and came across this guy online through social media. Uh, and as soon as I heard it, uh, it was top notch. This guy's the Royal Chief. He's on the line with us. Are you there?
3: Yo, yo, I'm here, man. I'm here. Okay.
2: I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Now, we appreciate you coming on. Thank and uh, uh, We we kind of uh, made you jump through over some hurdles to get some scheduling on here. Uh, so, we appreciate you dealing with it that. And, and we're glad to have we you made on. We made it happen, man. All right. Move so let's get r- We're
1: here. Yeah, so let's <laughs> get right into it. Uh, Royal Chief, what, what does that exactly mean? Where does that come from? Are you a huge sports fan? Kind of explain the name.
3: Um... I'm definitely a sports fan I mean it was really it was really something i, I just recently i had a different name. I used to go by j dub that's okay. what I went by for a long time um but I changed my name to the Royal Chiefs because I was like i want to do i want to do something for the city you know what I mean that's where I'm from I'm from Kansas City, I just need I wanted my name to represent us, mm-hmm. so you know what better than just to take our sports team as Royal chiefs and just put it together Okay. yeah i mean and it's certainly yeah
2: it's it's you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's undoubtedly a, a Kansas City theme, so you get that. But you mentioned a long time. How long have you been doing this, man?
3: Um, I'm I'm twenty six now. I've been rapping since I was thirteen. Wow. Is that all, huh? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I've been doing it for a little while, man. Half your life there. for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that is. I guess it is. I
2: asked. A
1: thirteen-year-old rapper. Okay, Okay. so when I was thirteen, I was barely able to tie my shoes correctly every single time. Like, how do you, how do you become an artist, especially at that age? Are you writing down rhymes? Are you, you know listening to every i guess at that time cd and stuff that you can get your hands on or how do you become an artist at that young of an age
3: um i mean yeah i did i, I basically i started um i started rapping i went to a concert i went to a concert with my uh stepsister the usher concert it was right when my confessions came out you know mm-hmm. you on top of the world but i went to the uh the truth tour they had it up at kemper arena um, it's gotta be, I don't know, like 2004 or something, 2005, but I went to the concert and Kanye West was opening up for, for Usher. this was his first CD. So he wasn't, he wasn't Kanye West just yet. You know right. what I mean? But, um, I saw him perform and I was just like, yo, this is what I want to do. You know, just kind of what he was doing and the message he had in his music and everything like that. I'm just like, yo, this, this is what I need to be doing for life. So, you know. After that, I kind of picked up the pad and, you know, started writing and was writing some very terrible stuff, uh, okay. in the beginning <laughs> okay. for a while, <laughs> all right. and for a while it was really bad, uh, but you know, you stick with it and, and I, mean, I guess I'm okay now. People say I'm all right. So, uh,
2: you, you say it's some terrible stuff to start, which I guess anybody starting out in a craft or an art like that, it, it's, it's right, not right. going to be re- a refined finished product to start. Um. did you have a measured plan on how to improve that, or was it just, hey, man, I'm going to keep doing this until, you know, I figure out how to be the best at it?
3: Um. Yeah, it was more so that. I mean, you, okay. you, you know, you have guys that you listen to, you know, the people you look up to um, in your craft. So, you know, you listen to them and you kind of take cues from them, you know, on how to get better at what you're doing. And then uh, crazy my mind out. I always hated reading, when my mom like forced me to read. You know, growing up, which was probably one of the best things for me. You know, because it just allowed allowed me to build my vocabulary and things. And I mean, that that just kind of goes hand in hand with rap, the rap, uh, extensive vocabulary. So, you know, you just you just get better over time. You know, staying with it. anything you do. You know, if you do it enough, you're going to get good at it.
1: Yeah. Of course. Uh, so you you mentioned Kanye West and kind of that was what opened the door to this, you know, rap career. Who else were your other early influences? <clears throat>
3: um, Kanye West was an early influence for me. Um, I was always a big fan of Ludacris, um, Eminem, Tupac, Andre T. Those were probably my my top influential guys on the you know, guys I kind of was really into.
1: And how would you describe your style?
3: My style, I don't. Um, I'd probably say uh, I fall in the line of kind of how the Kendrick Kendrick Lamar J Cole type type style. You know, I, I, I rap about my life, man. What's going on? Um, try to have some very dope concepts. Lyricism is always a big thing for me. Um, so I, I think I kind of I, I, I'm a lyricist. You know, I think that's that's the
0: mm-hmm.
3: the lane I I, I ride in. So, I, I've noticed too. Like
2: uh, I was even just listening today, even so, I could even be more familiar before this interview. Uh, your music kind of ranges, in, uh, even in topics. It's you got a lot of uh, just it feels like thoughts and, and views on some things. Specifically, a song like uh, "My Brother's Keeper," where you are kind of you know touching oh, yeah. on some real some real personal subjects. There, I mean, is that. Is that something that's difficult to get into a mindset to kind of pour something like that out into a song? I mean, how does that work?
3: Um, you know what? I, I something like that. No, that's that's actually one of the easier songs to mm-hmm. write because I'm just I'm just telling you like my life, you know, verbatim.
2: Right, like, right. What
3: really happened. Like, I'm not really having to. Uh, I'm not having to think too much about that. You know, I can just go in there and just kind of let it all come out. You know, it's really for the kind of. The the songs that may not be about anything or, you know, just really broad, those are the songs that are kind of tougher to write. You know, you may not have, like, a clear direction for it. Sure, right. Well, tell us
1: a little bit about your writing process. Is this something where you go to a studio, the the beats there, you listen to the beat, and then you start writing, or is this something where you have a notepad and you're consistently, you know, thinking of a rhyme scheme that would sound good in a song, and then you bring that with you? How how do you? What's your process like?
3: Um, I mean, it's somewhat of a different approach. You know, kind of depending on the song. I typically though, I like to I like to get the beat. And kind of sit with it for a while, and you know, almost uh, let it kind of talk to me, or you know, feel what what the feeling is from it. You know, if it's something I need to be more, you know, maybe introspective on, or if it's something that's kind of high energy, or something that feels good, or you know, sad. I just kind of get the feeling from there, and then you know, just kind of go through topics in my mind, or you know, things I can I can write about. But typically, I'll have to beat first, and uh, and then you know, sit down and, and write it from there. You know, kind of come up with the flow. A little bit uh, after I know kind of the subject, and come like over with the flow, and then you know start putting the words to the flow.
1: Well, talk talk to us a little bit about Kansas City and the rap scene. Obviously, you know uh, we're from the older school and Tech Nine. You know, came up when we were coming up, and Tech Nine's kind of the 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 kingpin in Kansas City. But what else is out there for people who are discovering you now, and you know have already heard of? tech nine and chris calico things like that who else is out there that you really get excited about with either working with or that you've heard from um
3: man there's a there's a few artists out here it's actually crazy because i've i've actually i've spent the last five years uh in atlanta so i'm just kind of coming back to the Kansas city music scene and um it's amazing kind of seeing how much has grown here being away from it for five years but i mean you got guys like um Clark Roosevelt, uh, Rory is another guy. Um, there's just oh man, there's so many G Watts. Another guy making waves out here. So there's just so many artists. Macy, you know, she's on my she's a singer on the you know, R and B side. There's, there's a lot of it's a whole lot of talent here and I feel like it's we're just kinda we're boiling right now. We're working our way up but at some point you know it's just gonna overflow and it's just gonna happen. They're just gonna have to see us. You know what I mean?
2: Right. So, I mean, you mentioned taking off to Atlanta for a couple of years. It was was the scene not as well then? Is that what drove you away? I mean, you mentioned some surprise when you came back.
3: Yeah, um, it it wasn't, and I feel like I was just at a point because um, I moved down there. I was uh, I was twenty when I moved mm-hmm. down there. I just needed to to kind of get away. You know, I just I was two years removed from high school and I was just like, you know, I just I'm, I didn't have anything older. We got down, no kids, no mm. no like wife or any real obligation. And I was right. like, you know, let me go just see what, you know, the world is like out there. Had to grow. Um and so yeah, yeah, I had to grow. So I just uh like a guy who was managing me at the time, um, he had a plug with a guy down there who ran the studio. Um, he's from here. He's from K C and uh he just put me in with him. I just just got up one day and was like you know what i'm leaving and so a couple months later i just packed up my car and just took off
2: okay so but you're back now you've got uh, homecoming is up available now there you have got another album up on on, that i saw on youtube too up there uh what yeah are these uh these come out somewhat recently didn't homecoming did
3: uh yeah homecoming came out in august okay Um, so yeah and then I released, I had a project called Don. It's another EP I released last year.
2: Okay. Gotcha. So uh, how much time goes into something like that, to put together a full album of songs that you're like, all right, this is it. This is what I'm going to put out there for everybody.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it can, like, I usually, usually kind of takes a year, you know, mean, it, it, it all depends on how inspired you get, you know, the thought process behind you. I try not to put a time on it, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to ever want to just put a time limit on your creativity. Because that's when you start forcing things, right? So I just sense. try to go in, and whatever comes out is what comes out. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's it, it can be de- it can definitely be really tedious. You know, from just recording, probably the, the writing process and uh, producing beats, and recording process, and of course the engineer has to make sure make it sound good. It can be a very tedious thing.
1: Going back to your uh, writing process and then kind of how you had mentioned that at, at the start you weren't that good, and obviously we've listened to your stuff, and now you're getting to a point where, at least from our point of view, it's fantastic. So I wanted to kind of pick your Thank brain you. there for a second. When when was it that you felt like, okay, this is a hit? Was it something that you wrote? Was there a verse? Was there a song where you're like, you know what? I'm actually pretty damn good at this. I can make this into a career. Um.
3: I'm just trying to think. I don't know. It's always weird. I always feel like you just kind of, there's just points that you hit along the way that you kind of always be like, okay, I've leveled up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, 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 I've taken a step forward. Um, and I, I feel like uh, probably my latest record, See Me Now, I have a record on there called See Me Now, and I, I felt really good about that song. And I, I'm, I'm very hard on myself when it comes to music, and I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like all my stuff is terrible. You know okay. what I mean? I don't, right. I don't know why that is. I feel like everything's terrible. When I heard, when I, I made See Me Now, we recorded it, and uh and we did it on us. Like You know what? This is a really good song. And that's that's probably one of the first songs that I just felt really good about uh, mm-hmm. from the job. So I, I
2: know that feeling where you feel like you're your own worst critic. Um,
3: yeah. Oh, my God. Every uh,
2: day. So... How do you? I mean, that can be a motivating factor, but can that also be, you know, something that you know, wants to depress your motivation to do it? I mean, how how do you struggle with something like that?
3: Yeah, um, it can. It definitely can. I've I've had a time. I've had times where it has been that for me. It's almost been an hindrance. You know, I uh, I start to overthink it, um, and I think it kind of came. It came to me being aware that I have like, you you can't. You know, you can't put that much pressure on yourself. You know, you have to just go in and just do what feels right, and what comes out is what comes out. You know, because when you, when you start to put too much pressure and you look for perfection, you, you're not going to get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like you're never going to want to put anything out, you know. And uh, you you'd be like, oh, this is not good. Enough. This is not right. This is not right. It's like, no, man. You just have to go with what you, what you feel right now and, and, and put it out there, man. See what happens.
1: Right now, you're kind of in a, in a great spot as far as, you know, once you do blow up, you're going to look back at this time period. And really, you know, this is the time when, you, you know, you're keeping your nose to the grindstone and you're just, you know, getting in there every single day. So what of this process has been the most fun? Has it been a concert? Has it been putting together that <clears throat> album, Homecoming? Like, what's been the funnest part of this process so far? Um,
3: Performing is always the funnest part for you always the funnest i love it you know what I mean well, I just I just had my first um, headlining concert that uh we kind of put together it's me and uh, a media company called just jump uh, that I work through they do like all my graphic work and uh, website night like, all my marketing stuff but um, we just put together our first headlining show uh about a month ago yeah um, at the Riot Room, and it was just—I had the live band and everything—and it was just—it was—it was that feeling of leveling up, you know. But I performing is—I always love performing because that's when you can have a direct connection, you know, with the people, you know, you're making the music for. You know, it's—it's it's crazy just seeing people like when when I'm rapping and people like know the words, you know, they're reciting back to me. I can stop and they like they'll keep going. That's—it's that's always the craziest thing. But that's when it feels surreal, you right. know.
1: That is awesome. I could only imagine. So uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, you, ke- you keep speaking about listening to your music. You're a hard critic on yourself. Uh, who's your inner circle or who's your the, the people you go to with your music? Because I imagine, you know, once you get a song done, you just don't listen to it yourself and then just put it out and say, like, hope it works. So, like, <laughs> who's those people yeah, yeah, yeah. around you that you put that music to?
3: Um, I typically, I'll go to um... – my, my producer, my main producer is a guy named uh, Brandon Black, <laughs> him and another um, friend of ours named Darius Jenkins. Um, they have their group called the Creative Villains Production Group. I usually go to those two first because I know they're going to be, especially Darius, I know he's going to be completely honest with me about how he feels and what he thinks about the record. Um, and that's that's all I, that's all I ever to. So I'm like, you gotta let me know if you love it, if you hate it, and tell me why, you know, because I can actually do something with that. So, I always know to go to those those guys, and then I go to my sister too. Go to okay. her; she's got a pretty good ear for music. Okay, keep it real with me.
2: That's good. It's good to have a good support group around you. So, we've I talked think- to. Uh, you know, artists of many variety in in our times doing what we do, and so we've you know we've known stand up comedians, we've known professional wrestlers, we've known people in bands, and we we hear stories all the time of, oh man, I went up this one time and I was terrible and I stunk out the joint. You got anything like that? Was there any time where you were just like, man, I've got to get out of here before anybody else finds out about what's going on
3: in here? Yeah, man. I mean, I've had <laughs> I've had a few of those times. You get up there. After you go out there and forget your words, or oh, you know right. you just kind of freeze, or something unexpected happened the music might cut off or something. And you're just not prepared for it. You just kind of standing there in the spotlight, frozen. Um, mm. I've had that happen to me a couple times. Man. I mean, it's tough, but I feel like those are the, those are the times that builds your character. You know what I mean? Sure. They, 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 it makes you better. You know, you're like, okay, now now I know how to be prepared for those things. You know, these are right. problems I've never thought of before. You know, but I don't know how to be ready, but yeah, I've I've, I've bombed multiple times on stage.
2: Okay.
1: Happens of the best of them. Uh, You had mentioned about headlining a a concert not too long ago. Are you on tour right now? What's your tour schedule look like, or where are you playing at here in Kansas City?
3: Um, I'm not currently on tour right now, but I do have a show coming up um, on the 22nd. Um, The artist here, his name is Clark Roosevelt. Um, He does a toy drive. Uh, he has an event where you know you get you come bring a toy and get in, or I think it's like five dollars, and he just kind of puts a few few artists that he that he rocks with on the bill. You know, we just all we all doing it for charity, man, for kids. Nice. So it's, it's very cool. Uh, but it's, it's an event called Santa Clark. It's um, at eight two five Studios uh, on the twenty second of this month. All
2: right, so everybody should go check that out. That sounds like a, It's for a good cause, and you get to get out and and have a little fun out there. That sounds fun.
3: Yeah, man, come through, man, come. Listen to and music some new Kansas City local artists um I think there's like seven or eight of us on the bill and you know just bring a toy right yeah
2: that's that is good so all right man so you, you've got a, a an album out that you put out recently what I mean obviously this is this is a life and a career for you so what's next what's uh, I mean without obviously can't give everything away but what's your focus now
3: um just to continue to grow and build you know um, I feel like I can, you know, be one of those guys the city can kind of get behind. You know, and I, I've always felt that. I'm like, I feel like we're, you know, we're, 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 we're the underdogs. You know, I've always felt like Kansas mm-hmm. City, were the underdogs. You know, even when, when you look at the sports and Royals, like, they were always the underdogs. You when we the World Series. It's just like, man, I've always felt like we're the underdogs. I'm like, I feel like I can be, you know, an artist of, of the city that we can just get behind and, I'm just trying to, man, push the brand, you know, build the culture and give Kansas City something they can be proud of. Well,
2: all right, man, before we wrap this up and let you get all your plugs, we got one last question. The Chiefs, winning the Super Bowl or not, man?
3: Oh, my goodness, that's tough. <laughs> uh, uh. You know, we're going to speak it into existence, man. we We're okay. winning, we winning, They're winning Right. You heard it here 18, first. Chiefs Super Bowl champs, baby.
2: Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, if positive thoughts, right? You got to put out good energy. Exactly. The world. All right. So, what I is the plugs man? What are the plugs? Where do people find you? Where are you I'm, you're all over social media. You're online. What um, is that stuff?
3: I'm I'm all over social media. Um, all of my social media is at the Royal Chief. Mm-hmm. Um, my website is theroyalchief.com. So you can go on there and look at all videos. You can find all my music on there. All my music's on uh, on the major streaming platforms: SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, Title, iTunes, all that good stuff.
2: All right. Well, that's easy money, man. And then November 22nd, you said 825 Studios. Uh, bring a toy and yes, check sir. out some some music. Go, like you said, listen to some uh, Royal Chief music, man. This is. I'm glad you came on, man. I'm glad you helped us out Got uh, on short notice. Hey. Uh, and, uh, man, hey, this is fun to getting you to you. It, I'm glad
3: you me on Metamonic, man. Go to the yeah. podcast. I love it, man. You got to tell some stuff
2: to JT. I love it. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you, man. We'll, and we'll holler at you again sometime. We'll have you back on
3: certainly certainly
2: thank you all right man thanks
3: yeah.
2: all right tom what'd you think royal
1: chief i loved it that was a great interview got to know him really well got to you know hear some stories of him bombing here's hearing some success stories of a song that he actually you know kind of fell in love with with mm-hmm. uh see me now which that's my favorite song that he has right now on the homecoming album love that i play have played yeah, yeah. It yeah this one right here once a day yeah it, yeah. It's really good. Oh, it uh, is really so, good. Yeah, it was really cool to uh to hear the whole you know where he came from, the name, uh his inspirations. I mean, Kanye West to us, we're some old fogies pushing daisies almost, and mm-hmm. here is Kanye West inspiring new artists and yeah. one right now. So uh, I think that's really cool that you know a local guy here uh is uh trying to make a name for himself because as i mentioned during the interview you know you hear of tech nine right so of course, it's tech sure. tech nine tech nine tech nine sure. and that's great And tech nine you know has had his run but now as he mentioned there's a lot of upcoming talent and they're boiling and they're almost there and i think well yeah you know, more I, exposure for a guy like royal chief and we're gonna get some more names out there in the in the public eye which is a great thing
2: well yeah and that's what is good too it's 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 kansas city born and bred he's he's hanging out you know i mean this is home wants to benefit it uh so you can't get any better than that right and it's really damn good so everybody wins Yeah,
1: check out the new album again spotify title uh apple music all yep. of those platforms yep. it's called homecoming yep. search mm-hmm. the royal chief and uh, he also has some merchandise pick up that uh, and check them out as uh, as you mentioned the the concert later this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring a toy and you can hear some live music. I mean, yeah, come on with it. that's great. All
2: right, yeah. so we will take a break. We'll come back and Tom's gonna uh, keep you up to speed on a couple of things to do this weekend when we return to Tim and Tom.
1: Fun fact: Beats by Dre headphones, which can sell as much as, or as can sell as much for, as four hundred and fifty dollars, only cost fourteen dollars to produce
3: for seconds for you feel your plate up it's on when I wake up. someone said a made is to leave me be. I got some money to direct.
0: Tim and Tom. Tim. Tom. Tim and 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 Tom.
2: Uh Tom, we've got uh, so much time and so much uh, things available to fill that time with over this week slash weekend. Where do we even begin?
1: Well, definitely. We have a lot of things going on. Uh, as we mentioned on a previous episode, we have uh, Kansas City Comic Con, we have... Um uh, Jason Sudeikis coming into town. We've got a lot of other things happening, moving, shaking around this great metropolitan that we call Kansas City. But here are three other things that we've got going on that I think you should take a look at. Mm-hmm. So let's get it started with November 11th mm-hmm. uh, at the Uptown Theater. We have O.A.R., if yeah. you remember them. Uh, they're still yeah. kicking around, making some great music. Oh, yeah. And I think you're going to be playing some in the background, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. There. It's a nice little groove here. O-A-R. Okay. Very good. Very good music. The 11th at uh, at
1: where? Uh, The Uptown Theater. Saturday, November 11th, Uptown Theater starts at 8 p.m. Okay. So check them out. They're going to be putting on a great show, as they always do, uh, coming in, uh, doing their thing, playing that music, making you feel great. And Mm -hmm. then as we move on, Uh, November 16th, again at the Uptown Theater, because, man, these guys are bringing in all the acts. Uh, They're bringing in Nick Offerman from uh, Parks and Rec fame. Uh, Ron Swanson, if Uh you remember that character, one of my favorite characters in television. The man that played Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman, is coming into town uh, with his tour called Full Bush. Uh, very, very funny stand-up comedian. Very dry. Not Ron Swanson with the like libertarian, uh, I only eat red meat, uh, I don't eat the food that my food eats kind of mm-hmm. guy, but right. very, very funny. Very uh, witty. And uh, definitely worth your time. So that'll be s- Thursday, November 16th. Um, Nick Offerman, full bush again that's going to be at the uptown theater and then we're going to get into my realm a little bit and uh at saturday mm-hmm. november 18th at the ameristar casino hotel kansas city we've got shamrock fighting championships 298 nice
2: are you going yeah, to this?
1: this is a great venue a absolute great venue to watch fights Uh, Anytime you got a great casino like Ameristar with all the amenities that that has and then you add on a really cool, intimate feel to mixed martial arts, it's just a home run. Uh, Jesse Finney puts on a great show. He does shows here in Kansas City and in St. Louis. Um, Again, he's going to be here uh, Saturday, November 18th. Uh, Doors open at 7.30. Most likely first fight will be 8 o'clock. Must be 18-18 years older or accompanied by an adult, mm-hmm. but it is going to be really fun. Are you going? No, I'm not going to be going to that one. I'm not working fights right now. Uh, for those who don't know, I typically work fights uh, as far as the backstage coordination of that and making sure it all runs smoothly. But since my shoulder surgery, I don't want to be getting bumped into cause you know, you're walking yeah. around. I put in about 15 000 to 20,000 steps each event. So with those fifteen to 10, twenty thousand steps, I bump into people. It's so, a zoo uh, back there. Yeah, it is a zoo, and people are are anxious as you know they're about to be in a mm-hmm. physical fist fight with yep. someone else. Adrenaline's pumping. All um, right, so I don't want to get bumped into with my shoulder. I kind of want to just let that rest and make sure everything I'm doing is 100 percent good. So. For the interim time being, I'm not doing fights, but I do highly recommend if you're a fan of fights and you've never supported local MMA, check out Shamrock Fighting Championships. There's other great promotions like Kansas City Fighting Alliance uh, and and some others out there, but uh, this is a great one to where you pair it with the casino, win some money on the boat, then spin it on a fight, and there you go. You got a good one-two punch. Pun intended.
2: And, uh, uh, in, you know, there's countless of other things going on. Check out all the the websites around town. Your visit KC's, uh, you know, your, you know, I, I forget some of the others off the top of my head, but you know what they are. You can Google. There's so much going on around the city. Uh, in between events, of course, check out the Royal Chief's website, theroyalchief.com, and listen to some of his music on the way to wherever you're going. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Check him out mm. on Spotify. Uh, all the, musical platforms that he is available mm-hmm, on he mm-hmm. has some great music support a great local artist and uh hopefully we'll have him back on again next time he has some new music coming out
2: yeah fun time uh, uh maybe we'll we'll try to find a way to hang out uh maybe he can show us uh some cool spots around town even maybe who knows we'll 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 hook up with the world chief again soon that was a fun interview and uh gosh we'll be back next week with more tim and tom yeah
1: yeah fun fact viagra was devel- developed to relieve chest pain. Its side effect was accidental.